Do you know people that listen to the climate change sermons from people like Greta Thunberg and then they're filled with anxiety and dread? I do. And that's the whole point of them. This anthropogenic climate change is a myth. The climate has always changed. But nevertheless, we Greta and the modern eco-cultists all sing from the same hymn sheet. And fear is their most effective tactic. Where have we seen that before in the last 18 months? But the fear-mongering is deliberate on both occasions. So if Greta's a preacher, maybe her Bible is a 2016 paper written by a climate activist by the name of Margaret Klein Salomon, who founded the Climate Mobilisation. And her paper was entitled Leading the Public into Emergency Mode. Two dots. Introducing the Climate Emergency Movement. (laughs) In a revised version... Salmon notes with pride that the paper's language has been adopted by several new climate groups. Extinction Rebellion. You've probably heard of them. They're the people who lie down in the road and act dead at protests. I think there was one recently in London to do with climate change. And then you have school strikers copying Greta. And you have the Sunrise Movement, and there's a few more. Where did we hear, imagine there is a fire in your house? Sorry, I can't do the Swedish accent. Yep, that was Greta's speech at the United Nations. That came from that paper that I've just cited. So... (laughs) It wasn't from Greta herself. And, I mean, it's just a picture's forming of a deliberately contrived society of televised conformity. And they're all in agreement about social unrest and also decadence. And it's apparent that the media is in charge of propagating these two conditions. I mean, programmed television, I mean, it serves not only to acquiesce and for conformity of the general public, but it's representative of a deliberate industry approach. And we, Greta... It's called a wise young woman. A wise young woman, we're told. Who, incidentally, if you didn't know, and I explained this in a previous podcast, Greta is the daughter of exceptionally wealthy, affluent establishment leftist parents, who are Antifa supporters, 
and her father is a famous actor and her mother is an opera singer and they're backed by Bill and Melinda Gates and we can't forget the greatest humanitarian supposedly of these days we live in George Soros a wee snippet from the wiki entry for Greta Thunberg. She was born the 3rd of January 2003 in Stockholm. Daughter of opera singer Melina Ehrman, actors Fanti Thunberg. Her parental grandfather is actor and director Olaf Thunberg. So it strikes me that she has a family that's well-versed in the art of acting and that's what actors do (laughs) they act they play a role and it seems to me that those with an agenda are not averse to using this compromised young almost adult woman to be coached and to play a role full of the derogatory facial expressions and Greta is, as she stated, um, at the UN, someone who should have been in school and she's right, I mean she should have. She was a teenager when she came out with that and she should have been in school, not in the UN. Um, but um, perhaps that's the most honest and accurate statement <laughs> you know, she's made for the last couple of years. Um, you know, in a packed house. But, yeah, it's true. She shouldn't have been up there. But, I mean, she doesn't even stop, though, to think about the fact that Nothing in politics happens by accident. And sadly, she's simply yet another human tool of those that are driving humanity at the moment into a state of chaos so that the totalitarian controls will be accepted by humanity. And that's uh, in order to gain peace. No, they're told. So yes, it's true that the manipulation masters of this world have stolen dreams, as Greta keeps saying, from many people on this planet these last 18 months. Just not exactly the way Greta thinks. And what's worse is she doesn't realise that she's being used, I don't think. Um, And yet she herself is actually being used to steal even more dreams from even more people because of the agenda they have with this climate change to cause lockdowns. That's what this is about. And, you know, they're saying that the world needs a change and it needs someone to step in and and, and save it. They're absolutely right, the world needs a saviour. The world's people need a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, their creator. We Greta is wrong. The puppet masters 
of deception behind the whole global warming scam are certainly evil with a capital E. So again, her beliefs are just the polar opposite. Uh, excuse the pun to the truth. And yes, of course, I mean, Greta's parroting figures and claims bandied about by proponents of climate change and they're all based on a foundation of false assumptions and not least that rising atmospheric uh, CO2 levels cause rather than correlate with increasingly extreme weather. No, the global warming scam is definitely not the truth. It doesn't even approximate objective reality. It's so severely distorted by the arch enemy of both God and mankind. And, you know, the wave of change is already here. We've been dealing with it the last 18 months, but Greta hasn't got a clue about its true nature, nor the, the spiritual ramifications. And there is incredible power in relentless fear-mongering, and it's a mass global delusion that's forming. Deception by social engineering. Care of the good old applied behavioural psychologists also by manipulation and also by witchcraft um, en masse, spells and rituals, etc. But so far, the fear campaign seems to be having its intended effect. A recent survey suggested that for the first time, European citizens consider climate change as the single most serious problem facing the world. In spite of... COVID-19 pandemic. Now, like many of the Luciferian-led polls, I think this one should be trusted precisely as far as you can throw it. But the fact that this is what the Luciferian technocracy want people to believe, want everyone and their dog to believe, well, that's telling in and of itself, because this is clearly part of the satanic agenda to transition us all smoothly from the COVID-19 scare story to the climate warming scare story. It's the same Kingdom of Darkness mission statement by which would-be social engineers use false flags and other manipulations to shock the public into change. But it's along predetermined plans. And that's well known to anybody who's studied the problem-reaction-solution formula of the Antichrist New World Order. Except it's ancient. There's nothing new about it. I mean, this is the epitome of Luciferianism. To have discussions and devise plans which exclude Almighty God, but then use his resources independently of his wishes. 
And if you, you want to know what I'm talking about, go and have a peek, if you've not done so already, on the World Economic Forum website to get the general idea. But why, why ancient? Well, because the Bible, which is God's word, it tells us that. It tells us what happened at the Tower of Babel, in which godless men used divinely given language and earthly material to build a tower to heaven in order to make a name for themselves. Genesis 11, 1-9. So those who built the tower were definitely intelligent. They had a form of religion. This wasn't anything to do with Almighty God. And they were hard-working, but they excluded God from their plans and they operated against his will. So, God is sovereign, he's omnipotent, he disrupted their activities by confusing their language. And biblically, God has a pattern of disrupting the lives and activities of sinful men. Example, expulsion from the Garden of Eden, um, the flood, Tower of Babel, as I've said, the Exodus, and the first and second coming of Christ. And God's greatest disruption so far occurred when he sent his own son into the world, into Satan's hostile kingdom of darkness, to be the light of the world and to provide salvation to those enslaved to sin. John 1 verse 5 to 9 tells us this. Jesus declared, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. John 8 verse 12. I thank God for his disruptions. But unlike the God of creation, who gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to redeem fallen mankind, through the shedding of his own blood, and he was crucified to death, and he paid the penalty for sin, our sin, and then he was resurrected by the power of the Holy Spirit and ascended back into heaven. And we are told he is coming back again, in bodily form, to this earth. His feet will touch down in the Mount of Olives. And that will be when things are truly put in their proper order upon this earth. So the true goal of these elite institutions and these pampered eugenicists and the universities and different NGOs is not to save the world, but to condition the mass of humanity to accept austerity while the Luciferians continue to live lives of unimaginable comfort and wealth. But... The Bible gives hope to mankind, showing that God has provided salvation to all who trust in Jesus Christ as their personal saviour, John 3.16. We need to come out of the false church system, though, that no longer truly serves the Lord. And if we haven't done so already, 
it really needs to be a priority because we must return to our first love, Jesus Christ. That wonderful worship song, In Christ Alone Our Hope Is Found. Jesus came as the light of God's revelation and salvation into Satan's hostile world system. Yet the majority of those who personally witnessed Christ on earth rejected him because they loved the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil, John 3.19. Man is depraved to the core of his being and that depravity is most manifest in the life of the person who's just excluded God and his word from having any say over their life. And the worldly person makes no room in their life for God. And they're often even hostile to those who do. So the worldly person is actually described quite well by the word autonomous, which comes from two Greek words, autos and nomos, self-law. So that means to be self-governed, basically. So the worldly person seeks to live independently from God as a self-governed person who regulates their own life and establishes their own rules and laws. And they refuse to acknowledge the sovereignty of God and they reject the Lord as having any say over their life. People who live in Satan's world system exclude God and scripture from even their daily conversations. And we see this in the mainstream media, politics, academic communities are full of this, universities, and and many other just everyday conversations. God's nowhere in their thoughts and therefore nowhere in their discussions. It talks about that in Psalm 10, verse 4. So Satan's world system is a spiritual darkness that envelops and permeates the human race. And it influences every aspect of thought and behaviour in such a way that the depraved nature of man's magnified while God's excluded. And we do need to be careful to understand that Satan's system is a a sort of buffet that offers something for everyone who rejects God, whether they're moral or immoral, educated, uneducated, rich, poor. I mean, Satan is careful to make sure there's even something for a Christian in his world system. Which is exactly why the Bible repeatedly warns the believer not to love the world or the things in the world. We're to be set apart, Colossians 2 verse 8. Yet, do not love the world. It's not talking about the physical earth, the planet. The Greek word cosmos, as it's used by the Apostle John and others, most often refers to that which is hostile to God lost in sin, holy odds with anything divine, ruined and depraved. So the world, the world system, originated with Satan and consists of those philosophies and values that 
perpetually influence humanity to think and behave contrary to God and his word. The world system, the Luciferian, satanic world system that they want to put in place, that is forming right now, is basically mankind and society functioning without God. It's first and foremost, it's a way of thinking about life that is contrary to the biblical way or the divine viewpoint. So as Christians living in this fallen world, we are to be careful not to be taken captive through philosophy and deception and the traditions of men and we should think about things with the mind of Christ because if we're born again we have the mind of Christ we can cast down vain imaginations that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God so you see every day around us in the world and we need to actively come against these things Colossians 2.8 we need to realise the battleground is the mind it's our thoughts it's our actions in psychology in the years I studied it it's and anyone else who's studied psychology I mean your actions come from your thoughts your beliefs patterns become attitudes and it affects the way you behave. And so the depraved nature of man is magnified in this um, fallen world. And we're told that we're to think biblically and everything. It's our only safeguard against the enemy we use the word of God we have the mind of Christ we know we must know who we are in Christ our identity in Christ we must know that it's essential it's foundational and as Christians we face situations every day where we're pressured to compromise God's word and they can come in the form of difficulties at work school, university, in our homes, other places um, where, you know, we're confronted by worldly-minded people and they can be the saved and the unsaved, by the way, and they can demand and pressure us to abandon biblical values. And... There's perhaps room, you know, for personal compromise where scripture's silent on a matter, but where scripture speaks with absolute authority, then clearly there we must never compromise. And it is that world system that puts pressure on each person to get them to conform to that system that's anti-God, anti-Christ, tells us that in Romans 12 too. Jesus Christ was not of this world and neither are his people or they shouldn't be 
told that in John 8, 23. Because the unsaved person, they really have no protection against the enemy. I mean, we can pray for them as Christians, but on their own, they have no protection. And either consciously or unconsciously, they're controlled by the values and the attitudes of this world. They really don't have any defence against that. But as a true follower of Jesus Christ, a true disciple of Christ, we don't need to be discouraged with what we see going on around us. Because we have the Bible to help us make sense of what's happening just now. It provides us with the the necessary presuppositions, if you like, so that we do have a correct world view right now. And we don't see things the way the unsaved do. And scripture alone gives the true origin of the universe. That's why created in six days reveals that mankind came from the hand of God not evolutionary theory, and we are a special creation made in his image, and no way did we evolve (laughs) from any lower species. And even more so, the Bible explains the origin of sin and evil, and it explains the beginnings of language and society, and it also tells us the truth of why the earth is in such a state of decay. The truth is that there will be no utopian world government, no matter what these Luciferians think, no matter what we Greta screams in the UN, there will be no lasting social change until Jesus Christ returns and establishes his millennial kingdom. On this earth, at that point in time, in his new world order, God's word tells us that when that wonderful day arrives, Isaiah 11 verse 4, there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Isaiah 9-7, Jeremiah 33-15. And during that time, he will judge the poor and decide with fairness for the afflicted of the earth. Isaiah 11 Verse 4. We can pray and we can see people saved and healed and delivered as the Holy Spirit moves through us. We can also pray and believe that as we ask the Lord to forgive the sins of our nations and as we get before him in repentance and prayer and making decrees and declarations from his word, commanding the powers of darkness to get back we push it back because we have authority in Christ then as we do that 
I believe we can see revival come to the nations and come to this world. And then the end will come. Then Jesus Christ will return to this earth. And what we Greta and the other eco-warriors don't realise is that when our Lord returns, he will take the reins of government and rule the nations of this world as a benevolent dictator. Revelation 19 verse 15 tells us that. Then and only then will the whole world experience a time of righteousness, of justice, of social welfare, economic prosperity and spiritual knowledge. He will show himself to be the king of all kings, the lord of all lords. And in the very same arena where man's rebellion against God first took place. For me, that is the only build back better that truly works or matters. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.